0: Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing high performing teams for distributed agile development. And this episode is all about sales and it's titled CTOs role in driving sales and marketing alignment. And our host today, that's me, is T.C. Gill, uh, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer. And my guest over there is the one and only LaCosta Lolly. Hi there, LaCosta. Hello.
1: Hi, T.C. Thank you for having me.
0: So where in the world are you?
1: I am in South Florida, sunny and warm.
0: So tell us about yourself, LaCosta. What do you do?
1: I am one of the founders of growth Smart Consulting and we specialize in sustainable, profitable growth strategies. So we focus solely on business growth, uh, sales, marketing, customer service, and being able to grow profitably and create the training tools and resources to keep that in the air.
0: Wow. Yeah. And um, on what kind of size clients do you work with?
1: We have a small business division that does, you know, startups and very small businesses, and I specialize in mid-market and enterprise. So I do a lot on the mid-market side. We actually have a couple of Fortune 100 clients as well. Ooh, wow. um, so yeah. it's quite a broad width of clients there, a big group, and it really is just about companies that fit the right model. We fit yes. them, trying to find good partners to work with. Uh, so Excellent. any size
0: yeah yeah um is there are there any kind of clients that you're allowed to mention here you don't have to if, you, if you're not allowed to <laughs> uh,
1: so we've we've done some work with johnson controls Targus, um, wow. uh tyco sensormatic so there's a, a lot of bigger names in there american air filters uh, yes. definitely a handful of larger companies
0: yeah yeah so uh, so um Going to state the obvious, you're obviously very experienced in this area, um, hence why we've kind of brought you onto the uh, brought you onto the show. Um, so as you as you know, uh, in the title, it's it's about CTOs and the community around the CTOs, and uh, and we're looking to kind of share um, wisdom, knowledge, um, tips around how CTOs can can help businesses in general. And obviously, this one's targeted towards sales. Um, so in terms of that that frame. What are the kind of big problems that you see in in businesses uh, around sales?
1: Absolutely. So one of the biggest things when I typically come into a new client is there's a lot of disconnection between different global regions, different divisions or departments. Marketing and sales aren't always communicating effectively,
0: which leads
1: to bad reporting. It leads to a lot of Uh, a lack of clarity completely around things like ROI on marketing, uh, which channels are working most effectively. And it really creates a disconnect between your sales and marketing teams. Right. And what I find is that disconnect then leads to additional disconnects between operations, between finance, between human resources, where if we can't get sales and marketing together, now we have these other gaps we're going to face. And, For CTOs especially this is a a huge challenge because they've got all of these disparate tools, all these different data sources out there. And you've got, you know, different marketing managers and folks that are just doing their own thing and you're not aligning the process.
0: Right. So Now you've got
1: this array of tools and no consistent way that we're using it or managing security or really creating a process that's going to work long term.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, I mean, it's touches on a subject that I'm quite passionate about myself, which is, uh, business agility and it's around kind of breaking down those barriers within organizations because the kind of fluidity of the markets and these, what I refer to as innovation storms going on out there with this stuff moving all the time. Um, and having these boundaries doesn't really help because you can have a department pulling in one direction and, uh, somebody else pulling in another. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, and it really is so important that we bring everybody together, that we create alignment between departments and then yes. we start to really break down some of those walls, not just for this, the sake of the CTO and making it their job easier, also yes. for the sake of growing profitably, growing effectively, and being able to scale your business the way you want.
0: Right. Okay. And so I'm kind of curious, sister, I mean, businesses are full of really smart people. I think so. Uh, I I've would agree, smart. absolutely. <laughs> and so it makes you wonder, how does this kind of situation transpire? How do they get into a situation where they're not talking to you, there isn't alignment, there's kind of yeah. a mishmash?
1: Well, and it's funny because everyone I work with, I have so many really, really smart counterparts. And all of my clients, I will not tell you for a second that anybody just isn't sharp. What happens though, is you have different departments and divisions and leaders. You have different people come in. So you may bring in an agency and their specialty is marketing and they use these tools. Mm. So the organization starts to use those tools or you replace a sales leader and they want their uh, CRM or sales enablement tool to be this one because that's what they're comfortable with. So you start to bring in all these things. People are comfortable with this tool, but not that tool and then you just have kind of a mashup of all of these different tools and what that does is it inflates everybody's budget mm. it costs so much extra money on top of it wow. because instead of negotiating enterprise level deals you have individual regions with a tech spend that's different and you're not actually combining everyone's resources for one global process
0: right yeah I can imagine it turns into uh, a big wiry mess of, uh, I guess, integrations of tools, uh, data in certain formats, uh, inability to kind of transfer things from one system to another, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, sounds like my head's starting to hurt just <laughs> thinking about it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And what happens is now you've got extra manual labor to move data around. Yep. Uh, you've got data that doesn't match your data from other systems. So, in. Yes. Division one, you may have data that you can export in CSV. You may be using a SQL over here. Um, you may be using a SaaS system. You can't export anything from in a different place. And God. it just becomes this big mess. You can't even align your data uh, yes. without looking at where the data is coming from and how we're organizing it. Yes. Uh, so it really can just, and it's not malintent. It's not anybody behaving badly. They need to get their job done. They want a tool they're comfortable with. So they want to take that action and use a tool that is easy, that gets them up and running quickly. They want the same thing everybody else wants here. Um, It's not malintent. It really is just if we don't collaborate effectively,
0: if we don't
1: create the process and engage all the right people, we're going to end up with this big mess of different tools and systems and technologies without mm. consistency.
0: Yes, it's, it's interesting that you bring the word collaborating because as, as you know, probably from my LinkedIn profile, I'm a big agilist, okay? I, yes. I'm particularly interested in taking the agile values and principles out into the wider organization. And one of them is around collaboration. Collaboration is a big kind of core value. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's around giving uh, departments and uh, these fantastic men and women uh, the kind of autonomy to do what they want to do so picking Absolutely. their tools using what they would like to do so i kind of imagine there's this there's a disjoint there you know
1: there certainly can be and everybody has to make a little bit of sacrifice here and there uh you know when you are working across especially mid-market we've got a lot of global companies that are in mid-market or enterprise and you may have a region that has to say well I really love tool X, but tool X doesn't work for the global needs. So I have to take a step back. Can yes. we pick something that will at least do this for me? What is that feature set I have to have, what are yes. my musts? And part of that collaboration becomes really identifying what are the must haves yep. versus the nice to haves. Yeah. Not everybody's going to get their way.
0: Yeah. The
1: trade-off there though is phenomenal and the benefit is amazing. You can share global marketing campaigns, share global marketing processes, reporting. You can Mm. reduce the time it takes to get marketing collateral or resources out. You can reduce your sales cycle times, um, improve the efficacy of your lead follow-up. You can get so much out of it, but you're going to have to take a step back and say, Maybe I'm not going to get my favorite software. I'm going to get something yes. that's close or comparable for the yes. good of the
0: team. For the, for the, for the greater good. If we're going to use Absolutely. a really lo- a lofty term there. For the greater good. You know? That's it though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's that simple. It, we can't always get what we want. Um, yes. But a good process, a collaborative process is going to make sure everybody has what they need from the tool.
0: Sure. So, uh, so my, my curiosity is deepening further into this subject. Um, and so in terms of the, there's the curiosity around the CTO, what involvement he Mm -hmm. or she has in this. And then also my curiosity about what you do in this kind of process as well?
1: Absolutely. So, and I have just a little screen here and I will share kind of what the stakeholder process typically looks like. So, really your process and the way I, I kind of organize the process here. First things first, if, if your CTO is going to be the one that's running this process and that does happen where um, I'm working with a CTO now that is overseeing the whole process, making sure it fits into IT's greater model, making sure that IT touches everything and at least knows what's happening. So they're not taking on the whole project themselves. My team yes. is helping with aligning sales, the cultural change, CRM enablement marketing reports. We're helping on that side and doing a lot of lifting yes. that said, it still wants reports. They still want to know, is it working? Are you doing your job? What yeah. decisions did we make? Is everything documented? They want to right. stay on top of it. Um, so it doesn't have to babysit this whole process. It's not all it's job. Right. Uh, so you'll, you'll notice, you know, step one, we need to gather the people around the table Yep. and we need to define each department's goals. We yes. need to really understand what are your must, what yes. is, what does executive leadership want from a reporting perspective? What does finance or ops need to, yes. uh, to handle forecasting and planning? Um, how do we know when we need to hire more people and uh, maybe our yeah. wants to get involved. And I always start with defining your existing process. How do we do it now? Um, and right. this doesn't have to be It's easy to get really tripped up in making this detailed, extensive
0: documentation. Yes. I was just thinking that. Yeah.
1: You don't have to go that far. It could be just starting by saying, here's what we do. Here's how I do it in my department. Here's how John does it in his department and start breaking that down. Yeah. You don't have to get super myopic. We're going to change the whole process as we go.
0: Yes. Let's start right. with
1: figuring out what it is.
0: I guess it's, it's, uh, it's a, just an awareness of what's out there. It's just asking the question and having the conversation.
1: Well, and yeah. what I love about this part and I'll typically help all my clients with this part because I want to know what's working really well. Mm. I, mean, if I know what your process is. I can say, well, this region, you know, maybe Australia is killing it in this department. Their process is amazing. What can we learn from their process?
0: Yeah. and apply
1: to another region where maybe a different region is doing something really well in another area so you can take those best practices and really put together the best model for your company
0: right yes
1: you got to think of it like lots of little testing zones
0: yeah don't <laughs> no yes. even
1: testing these processes and now we have all these little test groups so we want to gather gather the good results from that as much as possible
0: beautiful yeah
1: And the other thing, define your data needs. So really, what do I need from a reporting perspective? What information needs to go from marketing to sales from sales to marketing? What information needs to go to operations or finance? What needs to go to it from a security or change or purchasing perspective? What needs to go to HR? What does everybody need from a data perspective out of this process?
0: Sure. Yes. And
1: that's going to allow you to understand, is this tool or this uh, resource necessary? Is it helping me to meet my core objective of getting to this data? Um, What is the value in it? And then you can start to look at your tech needs, your action plans, and of course, auditing and updating this regularly. This is not a one and done. Most of the alignment process is as much about culture as it is about anything else. Because yeah. we've to change behaviors they've been using for five years, 10 years, 20 years. Right. And that behavioral change takes time. So I never look at a process like this and say, oh, great. We'll have it done in 90 days. We mm-hmm. can build a new tech stack all day, but getting people to use all those tools.
0: Oh yes. That just a process. That. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So essentially what I do recommend is if you, are going to bring people together. Make sure that you have someone from sales or a few people from sales. Make sure you have marketing in the mix. Yeah. You have someone from ops or finance in the mix. Make sure you have at least one person from it. Um, most people will assign two to oversee a project like this and bring HR in. Right. Keep in mind, not all of these people need to be there. Every single step of the way. Yes, we're not assigning them all homework and making them go out and do a bunch of extra things. It really is just about information, sharing yes. the right information, gathering the right resources, and for yes. sure everyone has a voice.
0: Yes, I think I think yeah, this is really important. Again, relating it back to uh, agile. You know, I never shut up about agile. By the way, um, I'm um, just fine with that. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that you find. Uh, even when you don't think you're relevant to a conversation, or people don't feel a particular person is relevant to a conversation, um, what you find is, is that when you're describing what you're doing and what you're designing, or where you're heading, intending to go, they'll put, they'll pipe up and go, "Hang on, wait a minute! If you do that, you're going to create a huge headache for me over here." Yes. Oh, I'm using that system, you know. So it's just around uh, opening up that can of worms uh, so that everybody can see what you know what what the potential problems are.
1: Absolutely absolutely and that's it it's just about making sure you've got the right people you're going to have people in one region versus a different region that may have different thoughts yes. Um, they may have different compliance requirements yes that's a really simple requirement think about marketing yeah. you've got in in emea and european region you're going to have a different set of laws and compliance rules than you have in australia than you have in california And even the rest Mm. of the United States follows a different rule in California. Wow. So if you're not bringing the right people to the table, you're going to miss a lot of that information and you end up having to make changes you don't want to make.
0: Yes. Late on in the process kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so coming back to um, the CTO and and, Mm -hmm. and people like your kind self, you know, Um, so in terms of the CTOs and yourself, is it a case of, uh they facilitate the conversation or do they just participate in the in the conversations?
1: Now uh CTOs, I would say it, it really depends on the size of the organi- organization. You're gonna have yeah. some companies where it's a little smaller, you really want your CTO involved in multiple steps throughout the process. Right. And you want them to really sign off on various things. Yes. Um depending on the size of your company, when you get into larger mid-markets. IT is already going to have a lot of projects going on. So you want them to be at minimum, very informed of what you're doing. You want to bring them in and get their feedback. What does this do for security? What about SSO? What about, um, onboarding or termination of an employee? Yes. Uh, Start to make sure your IT team, they have this checklist in their head. Uh, You know, that's something that, in sales or marketing or uh, even sometimes finance, we're not thinking about those things. Um, so we're not thinking, Hey, well, why don't we run all of this through our single sign on system? And why don't we set up security this way? That's not necessarily top of mind to your sales and marketing team. Yeah. So that that's definitely something to me that you want to make sure you're consulting it at various steps throughout the process. And as a CTO, you want to make sure you're checking in on the process. Hey, is that the best decision? Did we review these things? What is the security like? Uh, And you want to make sure you're touching the process so that we don't run off and end up, you know, having data breaches or some other, you know, big issue. Yeah. On my side, you know, bringing in someone who is a consultant, we operate a little differently. We get our hands very dirty with our clients we really mm. get in the mud. right? Um, so at, in some cases, this is, you know, I'll, I'll come in and do everything from the initial planning to uh, updating data, data and, and data management, um, help them, you know, make all those adjustments, document all the processes, train people right. on the new processes. So I'll jump in and really do a lot of the heavy lifting where I need to. Yes. And where the, where a company has resources, I'll let their resources step up. Yeah. But I try to fill in gaps because it's a very labor intensive process. It's a lot of work and time and there's not a one size fits all for anyone. So if a client has all the people to do it great, I'm going to facilitate. If they need help, I'm going to jump in and help them do it. Um, my job is results. My job isn't, you know, a checklist. So it yes. really varies on the company. Yes,
0: I, li- I like that. Um, uh, again, that's a, an area that I'm particularly interested in. It's about the outcome, not about delivering something, you know, um, the outcome. And, and in terms of setting that journey uh, for CTOs and, and your kind self, uh, mm-hmm. do, do you get very clear on what that outcome looks like, a kind of journey of, a, of the data within, you know, this whole process?
1: Uh, yeah, we definitely do. So there's a couple parts to that. And what I like to think of this as I mentioned before, this isn't like a one project and we're done scenario. What I find very often is based on the budget of the company I'm working with, based on their existing needs, we yep. may start with kind of a baby step in that direction. So right. maybe they're not ready to spend $80,000 on an investment in this great tool that's going to help them do it or this great software that's going to help them do it. Yeah. In the interim, we may be able to use a small business software that's more affordable. uh, Maybe do a little more manual labor to integrate data and reporting. But we are going to define what does phase one look like? Yeah. So phase one may be that we want to have all leads being followed up within two days. Finance needs this specific report. Yeah but think of it like baby steps. This isn't, I'm going to just rip the band-aid off and everything's going to change tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, It's not going to work. Yeah. Um,
1: And, and there have been companies, there are case studies, there are stories about this. If you try to make a huge shift overnight and you push a group of staff too hard, you can lose them.
0: Yes. And
1: you're not going to recover from that turnover easily. You want to move at a pace that works for your organization that's yeah. comfortable. Uh, it's going to be a little awkward. Sure. Uh, mm. train them, hold their hand, get them through it. Uh, but don't push yeah. them to the point. We've got people quitting left and the right, the right revolution because revolution
0: and problem. the guillotine comes out, you know, kind of thing, yeah. you know, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, and that's, You don't want marketing to be the enemy because sales doesn't want to use this tool or vice versa. Yes. Yeah. You want to yeah. keep culture top of mind. And yeah. that's why I like the kind of baby step approach. Yeah. It also allows you to clearly define return
0: at yeah. each step. Yeah. So
1: we're going to take step one, and that means that marketing is going to do this, and sales will have this, and here's our goal. Well, now we've been able to see an X percent improvement in sales, or this much in profit because we have better data. Yes. Okay, great. Now let's invest a little bit of money and go to phase two. Now let's take it to the next step and go to phase three being able to kind of make this an ongoing process we look at quarterly or annually versus that kind of this is one job and then we're going to check the box and it's done. Yeah. Unless you're just made of money and you're one of those companies that has billions of dollars sitting in the bank (laughs) with nothing to do with it. Um, Most of us aren't, Uh, but unless you're one of those, you don't want to just throw 150 grand or $300,000 at something you have no proven efficacy for.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of this kind of iterative approach. I, I, one of the things that, again, I'm bringing up that agile word again, you know, maybe we should just put agile in the title.
1: <laughs> I'm all for agile. So I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent there.
0: It, it's, it's a very iterative agile process. Cause what you're saying is, is that we, we know enough to do what we need to do right now, get the low hanging, use that kind of maybe overused term, the low hanging fruit and start true to though. make incremental yeah it's true yeah it is it yeah. is very true and and also there's that kind of human element if you if you take the big bang approach um t- generally speaking it gets very um it gets very uh, contentious and and everything kind of grinds to a halt. And, and, and generally speaking, if it gets too painful, people just revert back to what they were doing before. You know, you, as you say, you've lost them. You know, if not, they'll walk out the door. Um, so one of the, one of the things I was kind of smirking to myself inside, um, it's almost like then you have to kind of sell a sales kind of process on the sales process that you're selling, you know? Absolutely. My yeah.
1: favorite part of this is when you get real buy in uh once you start to see real buy-in and you always want to look at before i go into a training before i go into a meeting with these teams i always try to look at what's in it for them yeah and i better be able to come up with something because i'm going to go tell a room of 30 sellers who are already busy that they they need to do what i tell them to do and here's the new thing you have to learn why yeah what's in it for them can it help them save time can it improve their process can it but i want to make sure i'm always looking for buy-in and really selling the benefit of the process as well
0: yes Um,
1: and and obviously honestly i don't want to promise them things they can't get um but i want to make sure that i'm positioning it properly they don't care if it's good for management they care that it's good for them
0: Um, they care that they
1: you know they get a resource yeah Uh, so every step of this whether it's getting approval on the process itself yeah. or training your team on how to use it there's yeah. a little bit of sales in everything um yes that's right wants to admit it
0: yeah in fact it uh, reminds me of one of the one of the many books over there and one that i have actually read um is um by daniel pink uh, it's human to sell i don't know if you've you've read that one at all you know
1: yes um, yes
0: which kind of which kind of brings me around to kind of the CTO then it's the, their ability to kind of sell ideas because I imagine a lot of CTOs out there have got a lot of great ideas. I mean you know I mean they're all smart people within organizations, but they from a technology perspective, they'll have ideas in their head in terms of solutions. So rather than the, um, the CTO and their department delivering something that sales and marketing have asked for, mm-hmm. it's them coming into the mix and saying, "Well, actually, I've got this really kind of great idea that, you know?"
1: absolutely and i think in a lot of cases because because sales and marketing don't always know what they're looking for again it goes back to sit down with your stakeholders mm. what do they really need because at the mm. end of the day unless you've actually been a salesperson it's really hard to say what you need in the crm yes right um yeah. unless you do marketing every day you don't think of the the nuance of reporting and tracking um tracking multi-channel and multiple touches versus a single touch you may not think about those things so it's very important that we bring people together and then absolutely i have never met uh or let me rephrase i very rarely meet people who say no no i don't want any other ideas Um, i like to make sure that i'm looking at at least you know three to five options every time i go in and, and do this and it may not be yeah you know, these are the three to five we're going to land on, but I would like to at least start there as a baseline.
0: So I, I guess the kind of takeaway from this is that, you know, CTOs are part of the sales process or a, a big part in providing what the sales people need. Well, mm. and
1: nowadays, especially technology allows us to be more effective to understand what's working and what's not. Um, there are tools on the market, like your Gong IOs, um, your sales enablement tools like outreach yes. or, uh, you know, there's so many things out there. Technology enablement is what's going to allow sales to really take what they do to the next level, right. um, to make sure that what's, what they're doing is working, that they're not wasting time on strategies that aren't effective. It's really the way of the future. And, and I'm not for a second going to put down the importance of picking up a phone or having a face to face meeting. Yeah. But in order to manage all of the things you're doing on a daily basis as a sales professional or as a marketing professional, you need to have the right tools to get yes. you there. Yeah, so, You know, it's the difference between I'm going to spend eight hours on Friday building reports to go into mm. my next meeting, or I'm going to click a button and pull my reports so yeah. I can go to my next meeting. Is it yeah, eight wow. hours
0: or ten minutes? Where are you going to spend your time effectively? Yes, yes, and uh, I, I can, uh, I can relate to that. Um, I mean, not only do salespeople and marketing people have to do this kind of stuff, it's even in the technology mm-hmm. areas I've worked. You know, we seem to spend a lot of time do- generating reports, and um, right. yeah, it's kind of bizarre, bizarre situation, mm-hmm. and and it loads you uh, and takes you away from the the great work you could be doing. So. Uh, kind of bringing us bringing the kind of uh, our discussion to a close. I mean, I could speak to you for hours, uh, Lacosta. You know that. Um, it, what would be the what takeaway would you like uh, CTOs and the tech people out there to kind of take away from from what you've been speaking about? I
1: my biggest takeaway is that this is a longer process. It does take time and mm. it does take some resources. But you're at the end of the day, the payoff can be huge. You can have a more aligned culture. You can create more of a one-team environment. You can make your, pol- your management and policy around the IT solutions you use much more efficient, easier to manage, more secure. Right. When yes. done right, this helps every department that we're touching, every stakeholder that gets involved. And that yes. can be just a huge benefit no matter how big your organization
0: is right okay love it so thank you Lacosta. it's uh, it's been great speaking thank to you, you um me. obviously we'll 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 share la costa's uh, linkedin um kind of profile on uh, on our page um, i I, I, um, I assume that you'll be happy to kind of hear uh, any kind of questions and advice around
1: absolutely us. any yeah. questions if If anyone needs free consultations or support or resources, absolutely reach out uh, through LinkedIn, reach out through the website, uh, growthsmart.com. And we're always happy to just tell you about some stuff we've done, how that might help you and what kind of results different strategies achieve.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, LaCosta.
1: Thank you, TC, it's an absolute pleasure.
0: Okay, take care and speak again. Bye-bye! Bye-bye!